0: So the series we've been in, this reflection series, is about how our heart reflects an encounter with God. And so today we're going to talk about how Josiah encounters God's word and how his heart is transformed by that. But we're going to look at it in light of the scripture of Proverbs 27:19, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. And we're going to look at the way that that encounter changed Josiah's heart. Um, in the Old Testament, Josiah encounters God, and through his word, he's known him, but he doesn't fully know him yet. We're going to look at that encounter closely. So here's where we are in the Old Testament with Josiah. The kingdoms have split. We have the north and the south, and really the south, I mean, excuse me, um, the, the north has already, is basically in exile. Of the kings that they've had in the, um, in the north, they've had zero out of 20 that were successful kings, that were good kings, that did what God asked them to do. Eight out of 20 in the south, better, but not great, not a great track record. And so we meet Josiah. He is coming in to the kingdom in the south. He is the grandson of Manasseh, who was one of the worst kings that Israel ever knew. He not only introduced idol worship, but brought, it in, brought the idols into the temple, and he also introduced child sacrifice as well. So he was not a good dude. Josiah's dad was his son. He was murdered several uh, years and so, and, and his, um, when he ascended the, the throne. And so Josiah was eight years old when he ascended the throne. He became king at that age. And this is what it says in scripture. It says, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father. So he was, he was doing a good job. He was trying to obey what God had directed him to do. And during that time in his 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of all of the carved and the metal images and the idols and the altars to Baal. And then in his 18th year, he gave money to Hilkiah, who was the high priest, and that money was to pay the workmen who had been working to restore the temple. Hilkiah, when he took that money there, found the book of the law, and he brought it to Josiah. It was actually the book of Deuteronomy. And this is what the scripture says. This is how Josiah responded when it was brought to him. And we're gonna read from Second Chronicles 34, 19 through 21. Starting in verse 19, And when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Abdon the son of Micah, and Shaphan the secretary, and Asaiah the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah, concerning the words of the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. And then it goes on in verse, uh, excuse me, 29 to say, then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites, all the people both great and small. And he read in their hearing all their words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statues with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. Then he made all who were present in Jerusalem and in Benjamin join in it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers, And Josiah took away all the abominations from all the territory that belonged to the people of Israel and made all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. All his days they did not return, they did not turn away from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Josiah's heart is transformed by the reading of Scripture. He has this encounter with Scripture and his heart reflects it, it says, with all his heart and soul. And he responds with a desire to perform the words of the covenant that were written in the book. It changes him. In order for us to understand that response and kind of understand what Josiah was responding to, we need to go back a little bit and have a better understanding of how the Israel people would have been listening to this and how they would have seen this experience and understood it as well. We're separated by a great deal of time and a vastly different culture here. The way they gathered and read Scripture and understood it when it was read in that way is different than how we see it today. So we're going to take a little journey back to that. And for Israel, when you look at scripture, sacred moments are marked by hearing large portions of God's divine word. They don't just read snippets or a portion of it. They assemble and they listen to the entire book. God speaks to his people when they are assembled. When you look through Exodus, when you look through all the books of the Torah, you'll see that assembly and God speaking to them when they are assembled. And the purpose was for scripture at that time to be read aloud to God's assembled people. It tells the story of who they are, and it reminds them of whose they are. These stories are how cultures create identity, and this is how God was forming their identity, the identity of his people, and he was gathering them together to do it so they could hear his word and respond to it in community. We do this all the time in families. We've all been to Thanksgivings where... Whichever uncle it is, or whoever it is, tells that same story over and over again, every year. But those are the stories that become a part of our identity. They're part of who we are as a family. They help to create um, our sense of who we are, and the traditions, and the ideas, and our values, and the things that we do and don't do as a family are carried through those stories. 75% of the Bible is narrative or poetry think about that three quarters of scripture is narrative or poetry and we can see through scripture the ways that god uses his written word to help his people remember what he has done and who he is the purpose is to know god be transformed and be god's representative in the world When we look back at how scripture was formed and and when it was first written down and how God communicated the importance of these stories, we're going to go back to Exodus 7.14. And this is where Moses, where the Israel people have come up against the Amalekites. And Moses is up on the hill and as long as he keeps his arms raised, Israel is defeating them. And Aaron and Hur are holding his hands up. Because he would get tired and he would put them down and when he put them down they were, the tides would turn and they would start to be defeated. And so he stood there and he prayed and they held up his hands together. And this is what God says to Moses after this. This is the first time God told Moses to write something down. Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua. They were praying for defeat, and this was God providing for them. It wasn't the Ten Commandments or law that God first commanded Moses to write down. It was a story, the story that, of God delivering his people, of God providing for his people. And the purpose of the Bible is to tell a story so God's people remember that he acted to save them. The second mention that we find of Scripture being formed and written was, again, that was the Ten Commandments. And we have Israel has experienced deliverance from Egypt. God has divided the seas. He has delivered them. He's brought them to Mount Sinai. And here they are. They get to this mountain. They're together. They're assembled together. And God appears to them personally. He appears in smoke and cloud, and God wants to enter into a covenant relationship with them so he can make them into a kingdom of priests. Think about that. The God of the universe is meeting Israel on the mountain so that he can appear to them personally, enter into a covenant relationship with them so he can make these former slaves into a kingdom of priests. In chapter 24, verses 3 through 4, it says, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and the rules. And the people answered with one voice, all the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. And then there's a covenant ceremony. This is God's gathered people. Gathered together, this minority group, this underdog of all nations, these former slaves, are assembled at Mount Sinai. And the words are there to help them to form a unique identity as a people of God who live by a different story. When we have an encounter with God's word, that should be our response. To live by a different story. It's a group of people gathering to hear the story, but they're also at this point now hearing the terms and the laws and the statutes. And they're responding to that as well. It's God helping to form their identity help them to understand what it means to be in relationship with him. He is calling them into a covenantal relationship and forming his people and teaching them what that means. And so we have this tradition started of people gathering, all coming together, of assembling together, hearing God's word. That it was read out loud, book by book. And this was very unique to Jewish culture and no other culture surrounding them did the gods appear to their people and did they gather together and experience their God together and hear his word and hear him spoken word to them. Scripture was meant to be read out loud book by book, the entire story was meant to be heard. Even in the book of the Torah, where it feels like it's mostly laws, there is a beautiful narrative running underneath it. Beautiful, taking a class this semester on the Torah. So I have spent um, the past semester studying it, and this past week I started reading Deuteronomy. Yes, the book that Josiah, was presented with was Deuteronomy. And one of the things that we have to do in the class is read through the entire book, set aside a time to read through it three times from beginning to end without interruption. And so over the course of the week, I've probably spent a good, it's probably about two, two and a half hours per reading to be able to do that, to set aside that time to just read all the way through from beginning to end. And we've done that for all five books of the Torah. We've become accustomed to reading and hearing small snippets of scripture. Even today, when I read scripture, I didn't read all of 2 Chronicles. I didn't even read the full chapter. I pulled parts of it out and that's okay. There's a time and a place for both ways to encounter scripture but I don't think we should neglect that reading and immersing ourselves in the story. The entire story was meant to be heard. The purpose behind scripture is not just so that we can apply it to our lives. We can look for applications and then they can become a to-do list. The other thing about application starts to make us think that it's something we do. We hear scripture and we respond and we do something. None of that is possible. Our response is made possible through God's grace. And the purpose of scripture is that we will respond with all our heart and soul, like Josiah did. When we listen to the stories that our identity is shaped and based on on what we have heard, and it is transformed as well. God is bigger than any part of Scripture, and if we try to limit ourselves to that, or we focus on that too much, then we miss out on all of God and all of God's story. Like I said, we aren't accustomed to doing that together as a community. I mean, we could have read... Deuteronomy together this morning would have taken a while and I think it's important to do that there's something about those little individual parts when we read them, but when we read them all together that it's different and I kind of liken it to Netflix binge I mean when's the last time you binged on Deuteronomy? Probably not recently <laughs> but We always say, you know, I'm going to watch this new series. Just going to watch one episode. One episode. Famous last words. And then what do we do? Six to eight hours later, we have watched the majority of the season or the entire season. And we've watched the whole series in one night. I think we need to challenge ourselves to do this with scripture as well. To take the time to immerse ourselves into a whole book and Be open to the ways that God will transform us through that. Josiah didn't just apply the scripture to his life. Because as that proverb says, our lives reflect our heart. His heart was transformed. Application focuses on that, what am I going to do? Response focuses on what naturally flows out of this interaction that you've had with scripture. God doesn't want to just add something to our to-do list for being a good Christian. He wants our hearts to be overwhelmed with his love for our actions and our actions to reflect his love. In Josiah's time, their identity and view of history was no longer being shaped by the Torah because they weren't reading it. They'd lost it. And when he hears about it for the first time again, He rips off his clothes and he grieves. That is God's word and that encounter reflected in Josiah's heart. It wasn't just about him applying what he had heard. I kind of giggled as I was thinking about this this week if I wanted to make an application for this scripture wouldn't be very good exegesis of the scripture, but then we would be reading the entire book of Deuteronomy and we'd all be ripping off our clothes this morning, and that would just not be appropriate at any level. So <laughs> I know, brings an image, doesn't it? <laughs> not one we want to have. <laughs> it's because we're separated by that time and that culture. And what was appropriate for him and how he responded in those moments was a reflection of his heart. And so it's not in the application just of that scripture. It was in the transformation of his heart. Because the Bible reminds us who we are and whose we are. Our identity as a child of God adopted into a family through Jesus Christ Christ. The purpose of all Scripture is to transform our hearts and for our hearts to be transformed in community. Josiah was in uncharted waters. He was trying to turn a big ship around at a very young age. He was doing a pretty good job of it, way better than his predecessors. But he didn't know the whole story. His identity was shaped by tradition and what he could remember, but it was not shaped by the entire story of God, the entire story of God's people and the ways in which God had saved them from sin and death. Scripture can remind you who you are and help you to move forward, help you to move forward into territory, that is unexplored and unknown. When you are looking for an anchor to ground your identity, why you're here, and what you are all about, the answer is in Scripture. In Josiah's story, he realized they were lost. Scripture can help you realize what you've lost when you've lost your way, when you find yourself in circumstances that you never wanted to be in or imagined you would be in. That can be because of divorce or addiction and because you've let the world dictate your path or you've let your own desires dictate your path. Scripture is the smelling salts that wake you up and they remind you whose you are. They remind you of your identity as a child of God. Our hope lies and God and the stories that help us to remember all the ways he has provided for us all the ways he has delivered his people because he wants to be in relationship with us he wants to be in a relationship with you reading scripture can be a little bit like standing in front of a piece of art there's nothing in particular that we walk away from there's no application of that into our lives necessarily It calls us, that art calls us to stop, to look at things from a different perspective and then to ask some questions about that. It gives us an opportunity to be transformed in a way, to see something in a new and a different way. When we're listening to or reading scripture in its entirety, it's not the only way we're supposed to experience scripture, but it's an important one that we neglect sometimes we tend to be a little more sermon and devotional oriented. And there's scripture for that. There's, there's precedence for that. We didn't, as pastors, didn't just make up this whole sermon thing on our own. In Nehemiah 8.8, 8, when Ezra is reading from the Torah, he's at, on a podium and he read it out loud. And then they also, and this is a quote from scripture, giving it sense so the people could understand it. There's your first sermon in scripture. Both are needed. But notice that both are done in community together. We can come to scripture with a lot of preloaded ideas. Like I said, we're separated by culture. We're separated by our own church history and how we have been introduced to scripture and read and studied scripture in the past on our own. And so we approach it, through our own lens. But when we come together, when we come together in community, that helps us to understand it better and to allow God and the Holy Spirit to move in that and to reveal his word to us. It's why we need community. Sermons, I hope, leave you with a sense of clarity and conviction. That's their purpose. Scripture, remembering the stories and the statutes and the laws, all of it serves to transform our hearts, just as sermons do. But they include, both of them, our response. And the response is our transformation, it's the transformation of our hearts, which is what God has been after all throughout Scripture.